Give this to your son. It's an authentic Randy the Ram action figure. Tell him not to lose it. It's a $300 collector's item. Really? No. Today on the show, The Wrestler. The greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Welcome to the greatest movie of all time podcast. I am your play-by-play co-host, the greatest Deck Boski. And I be his wife, the Gster. We are going to watch every single movie ever made and decide which movie is the greatest of all time. The greatest <laughs> of all time. From Wacky Inflatable Two Man Emporium. <laughs> it's Saturday Night Live. With Horatio Sands. <laughs> anyway and Monahan. okay um, today we are talking the wrestler but before we get to that last week the Gster, my sister Stephanie and I discussed Clue so please check that episode out it was a great episode it was super funny um, check out our entire catalog we are on Spotify iTunes Apple Podcasts whatever app you want to use please subscribe and review if you can it's very helpful for the show let us know what you think on social media. Start an argument with us. Agree with us. Give us suggestions. <coughs> Just I still have a cold. <coughs> I can't mute because we're on the microphone thingy. Yeah, you'll notice this throughout the episode. If you, if you think that's annoying, try sleeping next to it for three weeks. Come find me and kiss me square in the lips. Whatever tickles your pickle. <laughs> You can find. Do you, want, do you want me to read it from here? You can find us on the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast on Facebook. Greatest Movie Pod on Instagram, and you can always send us an email on greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Please tell your stupid fucking friends about us. And as our favorite 80s wrestler always says right before he goes and dies in the ring, the only place I get hurt is out there. The world don't give a shit about me. The Wrestler is a 2008 drama sports film directed by Darren Aronofsky. We're back with Darren. Mm -hmm. We did him recently. We did him recently. And it was good. The budget for the film was $6 million. That's it. That's really it? Yep, and it made a total of $44 million worldwide. Wow. It stars Mickey Rourke as Randy the Ram Robinson, but not really. <laughs> Marissa Tomei. I just meant that. I know. His name I... is Robin. Yeah. Marissa Tomei as uh, Cassidy and Evan Rachel Wood as Stephanie. It has a 7.9 on IMDb, an 80 on Metacritic, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a fucking 98%. Wow. And on the tomato meter, uh, I'm sorry, the tomato meter, 98%, and the audience score is 88%. Wow. Really, really great. I had to fucking dig for negative reviews because there wasn't any. Wow. But I did find some. Um, there are a couple of those, too. <laughs> you just look at it? Uh, just look at it. You're probably telling me just look at it, huh? Uh... There's a couple good ones here. We have one from David Stratton of The Australian. He says the film demand. <coughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> it's going to be all episode. Mm -hmm. The film demands to be seen thanks to the deceptivity, de deceptively simple artistry and humanity Aronofsky brings to the story and to the 
indelible performances. A lot of big words in there for me. I was going to say, why did you pick the one with those so many big words? Because <laughs> I'm stupid. This is from Nikki Braun from uh, Roll Credits. But this is, of course, Mickey Rourke's moment. As the increasingly desperate and bewildered Ram, he is aggressive and vulnerable, frightening and sympathetic as he struggles to find a place in a world that's leaving him behind. Um, another one by Matt, Matty Lucas of The Dispatch. Rourke has risen again and delivered a performance for the ages. I found one negative one, and it's bad. It's from Lori Hoffman of the Atlantic City Weekly. She looks like she's a 75-year-old fucking sheepdog. Rourke props up a standard story about a loser trying to recapture the glory days. And she, she gives a rotten little tomato. Okay. Fuck you, Lori. Fuck you. All right. So... We have a Rick's report here. Rick, of course, is the uh, former co-host of the show. We're hoping to have him back on here at some point. The friggin' dipshit having offspring and all that shit. Good for them. Them? It was Rick. He did it. He did the smallest part of it. But That's okay. right, Rick. You I hear that? <laughs> you helped. You, you helped. You're I'm there. sure. I'm, you're helping now. I'm That's sure what's most I'm important. I'm sure you're a great daddy. Um, let's see. <laughs> that phrase is just weird. Okay. Daddy. Why do I say daddy? Daddy. Rick says, a masterpiece about regret, the sadness of a man who can't comprehend the truly important things in life. Also, the Necro Butcher is in it. Yes, he is. The Necro Butcher puts a lot of fucking staples into the rim. Is, uh, is that an actual wrestler? Yeah. He, oh. Well, I think I think all of them are, are pretty much like wrestlers. Yeah. I mean, the only one I recognized was R-Truth, so that was... <coughs> Not Excuse saying me. a whole lot. Our truths in it. There's a few, uh, I, I think uh, Austin Aries is in it. I, I believe uh, there's a few others I recognize for sure. I just can't think of them on the top of my head right now. But um, the one with the mohawk does he is he a name? I don't know. I mean, a lot of them are probably like indies, indie guys. Yeah. Kind of like how what Punk and Daniel Bryan were at one point. Yeah. Before they became stars. But um, let's do our thirty second summary. Uh, this is the segment where I stumble through the story of the movie uh, for 30 seconds or less. Uh, let's see if I can get through this right now with Gia giving me a time... Shut up. In three, two, one, go. The Wrestler is a story about a man who used to be a star wrestler. Now he's kind of a bum, I guess you'd say, living out of a trailer park. He's trying to make ends meet. His life is not going well. He's struggling with money, struggling with his family. Um, and that's really it. Wow, only 19 seconds. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory when you see it. <coughs> Excuse me, I again apologize. Um, just getting over this cold or sinus infection, whatever the hell it was. Um, we're all doctors here. We're all doctors. Listen, listen here. You a doctor? You ain't a doctor. Oh, you just need a good mule kicking. <laughs> I went to the doctor and he was just like, back years and years ago. And I was like, I have mucus in my throat and it's making me gag. You know, what do I do? And he's just like, drink cold water. Which is probably the single most thing I have I say to Derek on a daily basis. And I asked him, is iced tea okay? And he was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> my, <laughs> whatever, whatever floats your boat, pansy. My, my favorite is when I ask Derek is if, he, if he's had any water during the day. And he, said, and he laughs and says no. I forgot. And it makes me want to staple a water bottle to his forehead. <laughs> So drink water, Derek. Do you remember seeing this movie, Gia? I do. <laughs> Did we see it together? Um, I probably showed it to you. 
You, yeah, I, I definitely probably a few years ago was the first time I saw it. I, okay. This is this last time I think was maybe the third time yeah. I've seen it. Yep, that's fair. Yeah, I've seen it about four or five times. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just remember seeing it and being blown away by it. It's 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 a very simple simple idea, but it's a very powerful and deep idea as well. It's just you could just say. Oh, yeah, I got I got this, I got the story about a guy who used to be and has been and he's struggling and it doesn't seem like much but when you really take a look at somebody's life it's it's sad mm-hmm. you know um, and the one movie you can absolutely compare this to it, it's so easily it's so simple is it Rocky um, it is Rocky for the most part and Sylvester Stallone was um, someone that they actually considered but they were like, we'll just be making Rocky again. That makes sense, And yeah. Sylvester Stallone even said himself, he said, why, why would I make Rocky again when somebody else can go ahead and do this film? Mm-hmm. Um, but in a lot of ways, you know, Rocky has all the sequels. This one really can't have sequels, the way they, they wrote it and stuff like that. Which, um, honestly, like, it, it speaks a lot more for the film itself because, you know, obviously Rocky's great, um, but I just think that this is a solid one film. You know, it told a great story, and I think the way they ended it was pretty... Pretty great. Yeah, you don't need you don't need sequels to, to make something good. You know what I mean? Like I know like we saw Joker and we were like, no sequel, please. But now they're doing a musical sequel and it's a like a musical sequel? Yeah, with um what's her face? Uh Margot Robbie. I th- no, not Margot Robbie. Lady Gaga, I think is uh Oh I think. Quinn. I think so, yeah. Okay. And if she's music- the only one singing, maybe. She probably. <laughs> That's not true. I mean he uh Joaquin also played um Johnny Cash, so he can sing. Yeah, so let's take a little dippity doodly dee to our top three favorite Ooh. scenes. Well, whoop the goddamn to do. <laughs> Best line ever. Killer clowns um, making its way into episode what? All right, etc. What is your number three favorite scene of the film? And by the way, just to the, clarify, G has like ten pages of notes. I do. So if you hear flicking through pages, that's just me going through my various notes. Um, so. It was really, because the one thing I did throughout watching this movie was kind of marking down really scenes that I thought were actually really important. And that's, I I literally did four pages of just that. And this movie has several little scenes that make up what this, the meat of this, what this movie really is. Uh This movie to me is not a movie about wrestling. No. It's not, it's it's funny because it says it's like a drama sports film. Mm -hmm. To me it's a drama. Yeah. It's just straight up drama. You know, it, like Rocky, where like there's some boxing in it. Mm-hmm. It's not about boxing. It's about this a man yeah. struggling, and and that's what the wrestler is completely in. He could have had any other profession, mm-hmm. but I think. The, but I think the wrestling aspect puts it over the top as to like, you know. Yeah. But anyways, what's your number three? Um. So this was. A, I'm gonna say my number four scene, and then into my number three because I th- I thought it was really hard to just get get down to just three so i just want to add this one little tidbit of my number four and that's anytime randy is around any of his fans or any of like the neighborhood kids i always just thought those were (coughs) you good yeah um i always thought those were just really great scenes um you know when he's calling his uh the neighborhood kid down the street adam you know i want to play nintendo um, that was one of the cutest scenes ever, and he's just so excited it, to have His somebody. voice is so gruff, and he's like, want to play Nintendo? You know? And you can just see, like, the joy coming out of him when he's just, like, around somebody who kind of, like, looks up to him. Um, I find it that and half loneliness, too. For sure. Like, he, there's a kid that the he int- knows. Yeah. I was going to say, the intro scene, the, like, the first scene you have, like, he wakes up, 
and or or if he's coming out of his van and like all the little kids are around him like and he wrestles them. him. Yeah. It's the cutest. And you know he's hurting and he's he's battered up, but like it, it, you, it, it's probably bringing him so much like endorphins and happiness. Yeah. Like he could live off of that alone. And also knowing that they're happy is yeah. like a, something that yeah. you know he's a sweet guy. Yeah. You know. So that was my number four, only because I, it was I, I really wanted to remark on the kids that, like but... we could play Call of Duty four. He's like Call it Duty. Call it Duty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my number three scene is uh, when his daughter Stephanie, after you know years of not talking, um, you know saying that she doesn't want anything to do with him, and then he finally kind of like gets her back on his side for just a moment, and they're doing that walk by like the boardwalk, mm-hmm. and uh, she puts her arm around his. And just I, for like a moment. I want to say this movie takes place in New Jersey because I think that big room that they go into is the same room that Tony the and Polly. I was going to say. Sopranos, yeah. That, I was like, I got very much Sopranos vibes from it. Yeah, so the, the yeah, that has to have been Jersey. Um, but yeah. Enemy, shit, to reveal himself. <laughs> the, just he just slides away. On his face. He just slides away. <laughs> That's a great episode. Um but yeah, uh, I thought all of the scenes with his daughter were amazing. You know, you got to see the turmoil, you got to see the rekindling, back to the turmoil. It was just such an emotional roller coaster with that character. I thought that, um, oh gosh, I can't even think of her name right now. Re- refresh my memory, because I love her too, and I can't think of it. Who? The, do- the, the daughter. Evan Rachel Wood. Evan Rachel Wood, thank you. Um, fantastic actress, and I think she was 21 at the time when this came out, so... You know, for such a, a young actress. I mean, she's been acting since she was a child, but I thought she did an amazing job. I originally saw her for the first time in the movie 13. Yeah. And that movie fucked me up. At the, I don't remember it. I don't remember the scenes. I remember it just made me screwed up. <coughs> Excuse me. And I remember writing a song right after I saw the movie on the piano. Which called, song? A, a song called The Gemini. This whole like, the orchestra. You've heard it before. Yeah, yeah. It's a big I wrote it after seeing that movie, and it just like touched me in a certain way. Um, but yeah, she she was very very good, and yeah. she she doesn't have a lot of scenes, but she's really good at crying and being emotional, and I think that <laughs> that's something that you know we, we in a, across the universe she's yeah. she's excellent at that. She's as also well. a great singer, yeah. I think she's actually in the um, the Weird Al movie coming out. She plays she, Madonna, Madonna yeah. yeah. So what's your favorite Madonna album? They're going to leave it at that. Yeah. What's your number three favorite scene? So like you said, it's really hard to pick scenes from this movie and I know we say that in every movie but it is hard like there are some movies you're like okay those are the three scenes some movies it's harder and I think this the reason why this movie is as good as it is is because of the little tiny subtle things and mm-hmm. I, you already mentioned one of them and I wrote down Nintendo mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me Nintendo I love that scene just from we already talked about it and he's just trying to find something and I, th- there's a glance over he kind of wakes up and he looks over and sees he has a Nintendo there and and I think just the loneliness and it's something, I don't know, it makes me sad when that happens. Like, like I don't know, like, I feel like if I was his age and him, I would do the same thing. I'd like, I'd want to like try to show that, I, I don't know, I tried to explain, but I, I just think it's a really sweet scene and I really loved it. And I, I also really love the scene where things start going kind of well for him in the middle of the movie. Like, mm-hmm. You know, him and his daughter are getting along. Him and Chas- I'm sorry, Cass- Cassidy, Cassidy get getting along. And there's this scene where he's working at the deli. And he's in a really good mood. And he's yeah. in great spirits. And he's like... I love that Because like, a guy like him, like he's just trying to make a few dollars so he can just keep a roof over his head. So we have to sleep in the car. And he's yeah. just 
got this stupid deli job that's annoying and he's just like but at this point i think it's what it's after the heart attack that he had it's you know he's already said he wants to retire yeah uh, he's getting close with his daughter he's thinking he's getting somewhere with cassidy yeah and, and he and he does this thing you know where you know he's just in good spirits and stuff and he's like hey handsome what do you what, what can i get you yeah and he's he playing football with the guy and then yeah. he's and then uh, the old lady and stuff. He's had, he's just he's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, is it fresh? Uh, as fresh as monkey's breath. He's just saying stupid things and he's in good spirits and it's just nice to see that. It feels good because it it feels like it only lasts for a short. And, while. and he's one of these guys where like you're just on his side completely. Yeah. Like he's a human. He's a human man. Mm-hmm. He's got the same blood in us and he's the same thoughts, same process. And he's you don't want to see him struggle. You know, he's such a teddy bear. Yeah. You know. But these couple of scenes here, I just really enjoyed. They just made me happy. So, mm-hmm. what's your number two? Uh, my number two scene is the ending speech. Um, I, this almost was my number one, but you know, it's the moment in the film where you know it's kind of coming to an end. Um, you know, Cassidy kind of finally makes a turnaround and says that you know I do care about you more than just you know you being a customer. And I'm sure, sorry, I'm sure that's the thing that he's been like waiting to hear. And, you know, she's like, please don't go out there. But he knows that that's, he has to. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's it's so bittersweet because all of a sudden she's not there anymore. And he's now only talking to the crowd, which well, I feel like he's, the, that's the, the the people he connects with. In the middle of the match, he looks up and doesn't see her there. Yeah. And that's like just sad and it's, yeah. just, it's, it's tough. Because mm-hmm. you just want it to work out so bad. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those stories where it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. What's your number two scene? Um, Picking clothes out with Cassidy. Um, I love that scene too. This is another scene. (coughs) Excuse me again. Um, You know, it's such a dad moment, I think. And I'm not a dad, but I understand. Like, I have nieces and things. And I think older dads, they just like... He, he sees well, check that, this out. This is neat. He sees that green shiny jacket thing with Which the is, S on it's it. It's totally his style. Yeah, it's like it looks like like late eighties, early nineties. And he like, probably thought that like because the last time he was hanging out with his daughter, she probably was a little girl, and thought that that would have been super cool. Yeah, he has no idea what she's into. And yeah, stuff he's and, a bit out of touch, but it's you know, it, it's very. Sweet. He has to tell Cassie, I, I think she's a lesbian, and does that matter? And she's like, no, it's still any any of these styles will work as long you know. Yeah. And it's just a really cute scene, and it's. I love that also that doesn't bother him either. It's like when he first sees that girl open the door and he's just like, okay, like I guess that's okay. That's that, that's her thing. Yeah, and I don't think he should be judgmental anyway because he's, he hasn't been there for her. So I think he understands that like, you know, that shit, that shit doesn't matter. I mean. It doesn't, but it's it's really whether, it's refreshing to see because not all parents are accepted. Right, so. right. I think he just wants to. And, and I love the fact that that's the first thing she opens. Yeah. And he's like, he, and he's like, that's not that's your, not real, your gift. real gift. Yeah. I love that because he knows that like this is not the thing to get her. I do love that he got her the two coats. That, like, yeah, and the, you could tell that she really appreciated the pea coat. Yeah. Um, which makes I feel like the first gift like that much more meaningful. Yeah, and this is I mean, two thousand eight. We we had cell phones in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. but it's I don't think he has one. Uh, no, he's always had a payphone. Right, and so sometimes I wonder if like. You know, he, he doesn't call... He, he tries to go visit her and she really brushes him off. He comes back sometime with gifts. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a cute thing. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. he doesn't really... He, there was definitely years of fuck up. He, like, doesn't, he doesn't know what to do. No. He's not a guy who has things planned out like... I'll go back a second time. I'll say I'm sorry. Yeah. He's like, let me just buy some gifts. You know, but it's not out of like... I don't know what the fuck to do. He's just like, this will help. 
Well, he, that it, you know, it was a recommendation from Cassidy, and yeah. I think she, she didn't understand the situation at all. No, not at all. But I think too, <clears throat> like she was a real driving force for him throughout yeah. this film, which is where some of the downfall came back into place because she's the one who told him in the first place, like, you should go see your daughter and yeah. tell tell her about the heart attack and, right. you know, try to mend things. And so, yeah, it's really sad that, that was, she was also the reason why he kind of took that other turn. Right. Yeah. Um, what is your number two? I already told you my number two. You want my number one? What's your number one? My number one. Um... So my number one scene, and it kind of involves the the last scene too, um, but it's any scene that he's in the ring with any wrestler, because I thought that from uh, you know someone who used to watch a decent amount of wrestling, you know you only see it as a fan, but to kind of see the the camaraderie and like just like the language between wrestlers, I thought was just so amazing. Um, I think. Everybody who's ever watched a wrestling match should be taken backstage mm-hmm. some <coughs> some way to show them what it really is about. Because yeah. I feel like as a, as a, somebody like you who's like a, a passive once upon a time wrestling fan, yeah. you know more about wrestling than most people because of me. Mm-hmm. And you understand that when you watch a match, really it's it, it, to them it's like, okay, we're trying to entertain you. Mm-hmm. Who's going to win the belt? Who's going to lose? Yeah. But to them, those two guys out there, they're like, we're protecting each other. Yep. We're trying to put on a good show. Mm-hmm. Most of the guys are like, I'm collecting a paycheck. It doesn't really matter who wins. Sometimes it does matter who wins. It's mm-hmm. politics. We know about Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and yeah. that type of shit that goes down. But like you said, in backstage, they're all friends. Mm-hmm. They're all like, we're a family. It's like a circus. It is. It's a circus is what it is. It's- they travel from city to city and they perform for you. It's a circus. It's kind of like an improv dance where everyone knows the moves. But like, it, th- that was one of my favorite scenes is when uh, a couple of the guys were together and they were like, all right, so I'm going to give you the arm bar and yeah. you're going to do this. And, and then, then so and then he's like, one of them's like, work the leg and the other team is like, they're like the other match is like, well, we're going to work the leg in our match. Okay, we'll work the arm on our match. So it's not yeah, so it's so not repetitive. It's it's, and, it's you need to have yeah. from beginning to, when you look at a wrestling card, you want to make sure that beginning to end it flows like an album. Yeah, you know. So like, there's one match that I think <clears throat> it was uh, Stone Cold's like last match and like The Rock or was it, who who was leaving? I think it was Stone Cold leaving and The Rock kind of like whispered in his ear, kinda yeah, like you know Thank he keeps you so pushing much. Earl Hebner away, like don't listen to this. Yeah, and so like I something like that. So when you see the scene with him and like the dude with like the mohawk, and then like he can see that he's like something's going on, so he's like, I got you, like I'll, I'll like I'll carry it, like do this. And then the last guy, like Abdullah, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and so and I had to write this quote down because I thought it was just like really the whole match. It was like, Are you okay, okay. Like, yeah, he literally he says, Ram, Ram, you okay? You all right? It's okay, Ham. Take it home. Like he yeah. he's giving him that like okay, it's up to you now. Just you got to do one last thing. We'll get out of here. Take it home. It is, I mean, I know there's a. I mean, you know a lot of terminology from wrestling. From yeah. I mean, you know, babyface and heel. Yeah. Take it home means let's let's finish the match. Yeah. Um, Oops, sorry, I dropped there's, my. There's there's a lot of like kayfabe is another word which means like it's scripted, you know, and shoot means it's real. <coughs> Excuse me. There's a lot of terminology and stuff, and I love those scenes where they're just sitting there. They're all they're all friends. They're all buddies. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to help each other. Yeah. Then there's also a thing about respect. Mm-hmm. Is like. Ram is somebody that they all respect because of the stuff that he did. And so he comes in there, they all clap for him. Yeah. That's a thing. That's a real thing where like when Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker wrestled at WrestleMania 25, mm-hmm. it was so good. 
and these two guys are like the oldest guys there. Mm -hmm. They're like, fall to your knees, bow. Like I respect you, and that's you should you should be showing respect to those guys. It's just the way it is. There's unspoken rules in wrestling, mm -hmm. and that's one of them. Like everybody is is a com you know camaraderie family. You show respect where it's deserved. Um, and you know, you go up to the guy and you're like, "Hey, listen, what if we try this? What if we try that?" Like the most vicious necro butcher match is like, "How do you feel about staples?" And he's like, "What?" Like that. That I mean, that led to his heart attack. That yeah. shit, like falling through glass, through ladders, stapling things, like also, thumbtacks. Also, that that scene leading into it of him and that other wrestler going up to like the the dollar store and getting like the props yeah. was another one of my favorite scenes because it was just so cute to see them. Yeah. Like, what do you think about this? He's like, no, really go for it. And then like breaking a pan yeah. and like doing it over the, the clerk's head. And it's just so cute to yeah, see them yeah. being out in public and being like, look at our fun little props. Right. It, 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 it's like a show. Scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Your number one scene, sir? My number one scene of the movie is far and away easily is the scene with his daughter where he's telling her basically like, I, I fucked up. Yeah. And I'm going to read you the monologue. And I'm going to not be in character because I think I'll cry if I try to be. Mm -hmm. But this, this is... Was, this was another top scene. But, like, I, I, I went for more of wrestling than yeah, I did. Yeah, it's fine. I, I, went, I... <laughs> I went completely the different direction on purpose. <laughs> but um, he says, I just want to tell you I'm the one who was supposed to take care of everything. I'm the one who was supposed to make everything okay for everybody. It just didn't work out like that. And I left. I left you. You never did anything wrong. I used to try to forget about you. I used to try to pretend that you didn't exist, but I can't. You're my girl. You're my little girl. And now I'm an old broken down piece of meat and I'm alone. And I deserve to be alone. I just don't want you to hate me. And the way Mickey Wark delivers this monologue yeah. is just A fucking plus. It's so good that like... I, I cried Mickey, I did too. Mickey Rourke deserves every accolade he gets for this movie because of how... How unbelievably ten how unbelievably tender he is in this role as well. Mm -hmm. Because you can go into a role like this and you know, and be big and pop and tough or whatever, but you need that that's why I had a hard time recasting this role because Mickey Rourke was just the perfect entity for this. Yeah. You can't just put you can't just put like, hey, you know who's a wrestler? Dave Batista, he should be the the Yeah. You gotta find somebody who can really understand not that I'm not saying Batista is he's a good actor, but it's tough. Well, I think the the key factor of having Mickey Rourke as this character is the fact that I think this was kind of like a comeback for him. because It was his big comeback, yeah. Yeah, there had been so many years where he was just kind of out of touch with the, the Hollywood scene and kind of, you know, probably being told that he couldn't do things for a long time. And, and then, In a lot of ways, this story is kind of about Mickey's life. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about you it, know? too. Mm -hmm. So... But yeah, this movie had just a collection of... I mean, there's a lot of scenes we left out that are so, so good. I'm sure I could get into so many different scenes. I Like like I said, every scene with him and Cassidy I thought was great. Yep. Um, that I felt like Cassidy, her character was similar to Ram, as in like she was the older stripper at a, you know, at a club. And at one time, you know, she had probably... She's probably making bank there, which is probably why she hasn't left. Right. But it's like you see her there and like all the guys are kind of like, oh, she's too old. She's, you know, kind of washed up. No guy really wants to, you know, get a dance from her. But then here comes Ram, you know, and they're <coughs> they're similar in that. Right. Which I feel like they that's one of their biggest connections. Absolutely. What's the worst? <coughs> I'm so sorry. What's the worst part of this movie? 
I struggled really hard to find a worst part of this movie. So I just picked something that I thought was just kind of like, okay, like kind of weird and random. Okay. Um, but it wasn't something I disliked. I just thought it was kind of silly. Um, and that's the girl that he ended up like hooking up with at that restaurant. Just oh, the being girl obsessed was a with fireman? fireman. I was just like, that's weird. Okay. Like, oh, you're like a fireman. And then he woke up in fireman's boots and then she had just like fireman pictures all over her room. Like, yeah. like okay. That's... And then the gerbil thing, he was just like, yeah. Oh, he, just, he just like got out of there. Yeah. Um, I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I couldn't find anything wrong with this movie. I was um, sad that he did do that though, that he went to the restaurant, just did some blow and then screwed a girl in the bathroom. Like... Yeah, you know what? I I I, <coughs> I, I get it. I'm so but... sorry. I keep coughing. Um, I get it too, and I actually like that that scene. The fireman stuff is weird. You're right. Like whatever. But I do like the scene because I want. They need to make sure also that like they show that he's a guy. He's a man. Mm-hmm. Okay. And like and also like women. Women need to have needs. Men have needs. He's a lonely fucking guy. No, I get that. And Cassidy's not really like into like... him. Into him because she's got her job and she's. So he's like. For God's sake, like, and also he came out of the 80s and we know like, when I think of the 80s, like Guns N' Roses, like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's yeah. what it is. And like... Blow and sex. And like, I don't think that he went out to like, I'm going to fucking blah, blah, blah. He's just like, I'm a guy, like I'm out and I need something. And, and, and she's the one who, they, they were the ones who offered. She's like, do you guys want to, you want a party? Party like a fireman? Ew. Whatever she said. <laughs> Whatever that means. I have nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with this film. I have nothing negative to say about her whatsoever it's it's my thing wasn't even a thing i was, yeah. was me like just fishing nitpicking yeah by, by and large it's a perfect film in my opinion yeah um so uh let's go over to our gold silver and bronze key i have a bunch of ties and stuff but what is your bronze um so my bronze went to robert siegel the writer of mm. the wrestler because i mean i thought this story in general was just such a, it was so well written um, you know, I, I don't know if he's the one who wrote the screenplay, but I think that, you know, it just, it spoke volumes. Um, I felt like I was watching a story on almost any, it could have been any wrestler and yeah. it just, it, it just, it worked so well. Yeah, absolutely. And your bronze? I went with Marissa Tomei and Evan Rachel Wood as a tie. Um, I think the two of them uh, brought a lot to this film that it really needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they picked two actresses that understand the the job, mm-hmm. you know. And I think uh, they both play off Mickey Rourke really, really well. I think that um, there's a lot of awkward scenes between the both of them because mm-hmm. I still I feel like Randy's R- Randy's got a charm about him. Mm-hmm. He like I mean, he can make you giggle, make you laugh, and he's trying to make the situation like okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has that thing about him where he like sometimes he doesn't know what to say, so he'll just say anything and type thing but that's a um, dad thing it really is a dad thing but I think that like you know, he gets really upset during the part where like Cassidy like she completely turns him down you're just another customer he's like I don't feel like I'm another customer to you you know and he gets yeah. pissed off and you know he's also remember like he's a tender tender guy but also we keep forgetting he's a fucking wrestler you know who's done bad things in his life like drugs and done all that stuff mm-hmm. and uh, that comes out of him a little bit where he gets fucking pissed off mm-hmm. and I'm glad they have that in there because I don't want, we, we shouldn't forget also what he is yeah he is that guy as well but he's trying to like fix things and stuff um but I did read uh, this is actually one of my miscellaneous I think Evan Rachel Wood her character Stephanie does come back at some point in the script or the story and she tries to I think it might be before the wrestling match or something like that but she tries to like make amends because she's not she's an AA 
And one of her, and then she does yeah, one, of one of the steps is, is to come back. Oh, I hope that that's a thing. I see. I'm glad it didn't happen. Yeah, it, it, it's it w- one thing to you don't have to see it, but just to know, like, as someone who just enjoyed this film and really just only wants the best for these characters, like, I'm like, oh, I hope it works out for them, even though it's just a story. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, one thing that it really reminded me of the story of is um, Jake the Snake Roberts. And if anyone has seen Beyond the Mat, which I recommend that you and I watch again because it's really sad. Yeah, a Jake lot the Snake of really Roberts. I mean, stories. he was he was raped as a child. Um, I think his there was a lot of murder in his family. I think his sister was murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of shit happened to him, and him and his daughter were definitely estranged. Mm-hmm. And there's those those moments in Beyond the Mat. I think they capture like his daughter being like, Can you, "I never want to see you again." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Please, baby. Like, I'm so sorry." It literally is the wrestlers, like, right. like that's real shit, you know. And, and not even to mention all the he's him being a drug addict for all those years and think off a of Diamond Dallas Page for saving Jake, but he saved quite a few people. Scott Hall, rest in peace. But he he helped Scott Hall. The thing about it is that even Jake the Snake Roberts had a lot of drugs, things like that. You're on the road all year round. You don't if you have a family, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And that's why like I like listening to like Randy Orton be like who has become an adult now. Um, when he was younger, he was definitely a prick, mm-hmm. like a lot of wrestlers were. But he's got a wife, he's got kids, and he's got stepkids too. And he's like, I, I go in the pool with them, we hang out, we wrestle. Like, mm-hmm. you have to spend time with your family or else you're, and you're on the road for, for weeks at a time. Yeah, It's hard. It's really hard. So um, him missing all of her birthdays and stuff, like it makes sense. But then you add drugs and parties on top of that. Like, yeah. your brain's going to just go and stuff. So, mm-hmm. But anyways, Marissa Tomei for Rachel, if Rachel was my tie. What's your silver? Um, so my silver is actually a three-way tie between Evan Rachel Wood, Marissa Tomei, and Darren Aronofsky. Mm-hmm. And I, because there's just, I think we're obviously on the same page for number one, uh, our gold. But, uh, Al Pacino, right? At, always. Um, hoo-ha. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Darren Ar- Aronofsky, uh, you know, the last thing we saw him do was Requiem for a Dream. We still need to see Pi, but it, it seems like he's just a, a home run hitter as far as <coughs> films go. So I, I know I only just want to see more from him. I thought he did really great with yeah. this movie. Uh, and you kind of basically already said. Great editing too. Like everything about it is like, there's no, yeah. there's no scenes that I'm like, come on. There's yeah, none like not, that. Not a single I don't one. think he even knows how to make a sluggish scene in a movie. Yeah, neither do I. You know, he knows pacing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very important. Yep. And I, I think, again, we've already kind of wrapped up on the ladies. I thought, you know, each one of them could have had their own film about their characters. And yeah. it would have been just as compelling, I think. Um, but they did fantastic for this film. Yeah, absolutely. And my silver is a tie between Darren Aronofsky and Robert Siegel. Mm-hmm. Again, same things you were saying. Um, it's the craft that makes it good. You know, you, if you put the script in a, a bunch of different directors' laps... You'll get a lot of different stuff, but I think Darren Aronofsky was the right one. And it sounds cliche because you're like, of course you say it's the right one because nobody else directed it but Darren. But obviously, it has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes for a reason. It's mm-hmm. because it was done correctly. Right. Um, it's a great film, you know, and, and that's all really anyone can say about it. I really, I say this a lot as well, but I'd like to read this book and see if it, what the changes were and things like that. Mm-hmm. If anyone read the book, please comment on it on Facebook or whatever. Let us know because I'd like to know the ins and outs and what he changed and things like that. Um, but like you said, gold, obviously Al Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, thumbtacks. I am doing thumbtacks. <laughs> Guy um, tried to staple a $5 bill to my face. Stapled it to his own face. Cock-a-doodle-doo. So, Cock-a-doodle-doo nothing. And there's a dead cat. Staples. Staples in my asshole. <laughs> That's 
not the line, but okay. Pacino playing anybody. The Ram should have been a thing. What would his quote be? <laughs> Al Pacino's quote in the movie. As as the Ram. Get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> I like it. Um, um yeah, yeah, Mickey yeah, Rourke. Mickey, I mean, it it was it was it, it it reminded me like we were talking about Robert Downey Jr. as well, like that comeback with Iron Man and you know, it's funny enough that Iron Man Two is 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 Robert Downey Jr. against Mickey Rourke in that yeah. movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's Mickey Rourke is 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 a fine actor. I haven't seen a crap ton of his movies. I've only seen I think so The Wrestler. I've seen Iron Man Two. I've seen Sin City, of course, and I've seen bits and pieces of Angel Heart back in the '80s with Robert De Niro. Uh, I got to see a lot more of his movies because I think he's a really cool actor. I think he's. Got... Did, did you never finish that movie? I've only seen bits and pieces of it. I've never actually. I went on YouTube and I like watched all the De Niro scenes because I remember hearing him play the devil and I wanted to see him play the devil. So that's funny that both De Niro and Pacino have both played the devil. Yeah, I mean. And Tim Curry. Tim Curry, yep. Yeah. I just need to make sure that there's always an ep- Darkness. episode. Ugh. We need to mention him at least once in every episode. Yeah. I think that Tim Curry with, like, goat's legs is, is something that should be a thing. Tim Curry with anything. I was almost going to say anything, but then I forgot the predicament he's currently Tim in. Tim Curry with a vagina. Oh, honey, anything. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter what he has down there. I'll take it. I'll take it. Now, that's a Sunday. <laughs> All right. So Do that you want was... him to see you like this? <laughs> uh, well, I do think I should. Oh. Sorry, my water bottle makes stupid sounds. Okay, so. Yes. Let's jump over to our recasting. Okay. Uh, I only recasted Randy, Cassidy, and Stephanie. Same. All right. Who is your Stephanie? So my Stephanie is the actress who was in a show that was a kind of almost like a reboot of one of my favorite shows growing up, which was Girl Meets World. My favorite being Boy Meets World. And this was Sabrina Carpenter who played Maya, like the, the best friend. She's sexy. Oh, that's not what I wanted to hear, but okay. No, but she's over 18. I could say that. <laughs> I think that she is sexy now that she is over the age of 18. Before that, I did not think she was sexy. She was a fucking child. Oh, okay. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how you're still upset by that. <laughs> I couldn't have been <laughs> Because any more I'm clear. pretty sure you said it while we were watching Girl Meets World, too. And I'm like, um... Yeah, I was 16, though, back then. No, you weren't. <laughs> you're like, Derek, you were 38. <laughs> you're 35 now. Right, so when I was 16, I was uh, when that show was on back when I was 16. Anyway, yeah, she's my Stephanie. And who is your Stephanie? Sophia Lillis from It. Oh. I think she's the type of girl who needs a dad who's a shithead. <laughs> so... No, but I think she that she just would, always needs. A I think she dad. would play off really well in this role. I think that she's got that dynamic I'm looking for yeah. in an actress who could pull something like kind of like a damaged goods family type situation. So yeah, that's we, similar we, to my Sabrina. Carpenter. Yeah, we same. Yeah, she, she they they fit that like that rebellious sort of style, mm-hmm. um, which I like a lot. Who is your Cassidy? My Cassidy. Oh, this one I struggled with because I I have three people written down right now. Um, let me just make a, a quick decision. Okay. Uh, my Cassidy is Zoe Zeldana. I think that, you know, she's like Marissa Tomei, no matter what, gorgeous. And that's another thing I want to mention about, uh, Marissa Tomei in this movie. Total smoke show hot. My God. It, granted, is she, uh, an aging stripper? Yes. 
but <laughs> you, you don't have to convince me to give her a, a, a wad of ones because she earned it, girl. A wad of ones? A wad. Oh, a wad. Of ones. I thought you wanted to say like a lot and you were like a wad of ones. <laughs> no, a wad. Um, I guess I was a widow noisy. A widow? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Zoe Saldana, I think she's still gorgeous. I think the last thing we saw her in was what, Guardians? Um, Probably. And I She's the green one, right? She's the green one, yeah. Yeah. Um, she dies in that. She does. I would, spoiler alert. Did she come back? Oh, I hate Marvel. I mean, she might She might come back. I think that was how they left things. Fuck Marvel. It's, it, it, enough's enough. You made me watch like all of them. Yeah, but so now no, they just... Not, get, I, they're, no, they're, getting, no. they're getting so like, ugh. We'll get to that when we go when we cross that bridge. We won't cross that bridge. Okay, um, but who is your Cassidy? Rachel Weiss. What do you think of that shit right there? She's an older lady. She's oh, fucking gorgeous. She is fucking gorgeous. But I don't know if I can believe her as a stripper. I think I can believe her as a stripper. I mean, I also didn't think I could believe Jennifer Aniston as a stripper, and she proved us sort of. I, I don't know. I still don't believe her. <laughs> no, we're the Millers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm saying. No, I'm saying. Oh, what did we watch recently where the, a character kept saying that? Oh, no, that was the Weird Al interview with Eminem. Oh, it was. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I wonder if they, that's where they got it from. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's a really good one. Uh, who? Okay, so Randy. This was fucking hard. It was. Do you want to just say yours? Sure. Okay, tell me yours. So I had already mentioned this before we started the podcast, but I was like, I'm going to say a person. And you're going to be like, really? Like, you're going to give this guy this role? But I think similarly to Mickey Rourke, because it's kind of like a comeback, I, I wanted to think of somebody who, like, we don't really see in the limelight very often and someone who's going to maybe, you know, uh, show us something that we from them that we really haven't seen before. Um, and I honestly, I, I think we could put him up to the task. I haven't seen him in a whole lot recently, but I'm curious to see... Stephen Baldwin. Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> Stephen. Come on, Stephen. Drink up. You're the, You're the weakest. weakest. <laughs> but I don't want him to be the weakest. I mean, like, um, we've seen, what, what's the, um, I almost said Reservoir Dogs. It's not Reservoir Dogs. Let's uh, see. So he's not the one in, uh, hold on. What the hell has Stephen what, Baldwin been in? Well, the things I know him in. I'm not going to mention. He's not in The Usual Suspects. That's William that, Baldwin. No, no. That is The Usual Suspects. He is in that. That's Stephen Baldwin? That's Stephen Baldwin. Okay. I mean, he's not even he's not even Donnie. I know him from Biodome. But that's not the point. The point is, I think he could do it. <coughs> okay. He was also, he was also in Fred Claus. <laughs> As the, the, the brother. I don't think that was. Uh, that I mean, was Stephen Baldwin. That was Stephen? Okay. That was Stephen Baldwin. All right. You don't even know who Stephen Baldwin is. <laughs> Are you sure he's even a Baldwin? <laughs> he is, I swear. Okay. All Randy right. the Ram Robinson. Yeah, who is yours? So there's a couple of things you need right off the bat. You need somebody who, number one, you give them a role and they can act. Yeah. Somebody who can fucking act. Are you trying to tell me mine is No, no, no. <laughs> this is my other head of setup. You need somebody who can act. So this actor is not a wrestler, in fact. Yeah, so he needs to fucking for. act. Right. Number so that my act my actor checks this off. Number two, an actor who has proven he can get absolutely fucking filthy ripped, and also lose a ton of weight as well. He can do a oh, lot. Oh, I think he I can know do a lot of different. Can I guess? He can do a lot of different things. Sure. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. He he to me is a proven actor. Like 
for God's sake, he played the uh, Cheney. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He is the type of guy who could get really buff, give him the wig, and he can act. Mm-hmm. So why not Christian Bale? I think that he would be able to portray the character really well. And again, like Mickey Rourke's not a wrestler. He doesn't even like wrestling. I looked it up and he had to learn wrestling moves and he did it. Why not Christian Bale? Christian Bale, I'm sure for like the Dark Knight movies, had to like really study like martial arts mm-hmm. and... You know, and then the machinist—he's a fucking. He was also in the fighter. The fighter, you know, he had, you know, I the think. Fucking boo boo! Where'd you pack the fucking car? It's fucking icing. <laughs> I started a joke <laughs> that made the whole world cry. Christian Bale. Yeah, I think that um, it's a weird if saying out loud like Christian Bale's gonna be a be the wrestler. No, I get, I one hundred percent. I just think that like yeah. you need all of those attributes of like how 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 talented can yeah. somebody be? He's he's talented. My um, my only qualm is that I feel like we know how great of an actor he is, and he doesn't have to like prove it to anybody at this point that he can pull right. this shit off. No, absolutely. Which is which is why I think I I not that I prefer mine over yours because I think yours can slay it no no problems. But I want to see somebody who hasn't slayed it in a while. I don't think anybody it. wants to see Stephen Baldwin. As I want to see Stephen Baldwin. That's why I, I heard the stories. I heard the stories. I heard they were made to frighten the children. <laughs> shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! I hate that kid. <laughs> please hey. listen, please listen. You must take the left tunnel. <laughs> Stupid little kid. Oh, man, okay. Um, maybe he like older women. <laughs> you miss me waving. Um, Temple of Doom references. Let's go to miscellaneous. Okay. I have a bunch of stuff. I have nothing. I never do. And That's I okay. I, I take, this is my thing. We'll okay, do, this, is, this is the Derek's miscellaneous well, party. good. <clears throat> Sorry if I uh, repeat anything. Darren Aronofsky revealed that Mickey Rourke was the first choice to play Randy the Ram Robinson, but the studio wanted Nicolas Cage. I'm Aron- so glad that Aronofsky fought to have Rourke as, as the Ram and ultimately went out. The first scene of Randy working at the deli counter was improvised. When real customers kept walking up to the counter during filming, Darren Aronofsky told Mickey Rourke to take their orders while the camera was rolling. Also improvised were all the backstage locker room scenes with the wrestlers. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, you know, do what you normally do type thing. Yeah. But you I can love, tell that they're all actual professional wrestlers because I believed every hunt. You know, that, yeah. Wow. I love the fact that Mickey Rourke trained in wrestling. Wrestling moves. Wrestling. We got to train you in the deli too. <laughs> <laughs> so Mickey Rourke can take actual orders. Uh, uh, how about that fucking scene when he just shoves his thumb in the grinder? Uh, that was amazing. <clears throat> this might be my favorite miscellaneous so far. Because Hulk Hogan, fuck you. I don't even know what he's about to say, but yeah, Hulk, Hulk Hogan, Hogan. notorious <laughs> notorious fibber, Hulk Hogan, fibber. claimed that on the Howard Stern show that he was offered the role of Randy the Ram Robinson. Okay. Hogan Hogan claims he turned down the role because he felt he wasn't the right man to portray the character. Darren Aronofsky publicly disputed this, <laughs> saying that Hogan was never considered and that Mickey Rourke was the only choice for the role. Hogan lies a lot. Yeah. Like the time he lied when he said the Undertaker fucked up his neck from a tombstone back in 1991 in the in a pay per view. Mm-hmm. We go back and watch it. Hulk Hogan's head didn't even come close to the mat where the chair was, and he blamed Undertaker for years. Undertaker's like, your head didn't come close, and he's like, yeah, but the way my position was, my neck got jammed. It's like maybe he, he's a pathological liar. I think that Hogan absolutely craves the limelight. He thinks that he's the end all be all of wrestling. Hogan is so important to wrestling, absolutely, but enough's enough. He sucks in the ring. I was going to say, and again, this has nothing to do with anything you just said. This is my own personal opinion, but like, 
anytime we're discussing wrestling, Hulk Hogan is the last person that comes to my mind. And I know that sounds terrible because I know how big of a a face he was for he, he many, many He made wrestling popular in the, late, in the 80s. Absolutely. But he's just not one of the first people I think of. Right. I, I, would, I would rather think of, uh, you know, the big show. I would rather think of Andre the Giant. I'd Listen here, I, I, I bought you some Andre the Silverdome, brother. I'd rather think of the Iron brother, Sheik. Brother, brother, brother. Randy Savage. I think that was the uh, the wrestler that the Ram wrestled Captain at the end. Captain At the end. Yeah. Um, that's supposed to be like Hogan and, Hogan and the Iron Sheik. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought yeah. of. Um, the video game Randy and his child neighbor play in both the trailer and the movie was created especially for the film and was fully playable the game features similar graphics to the original WWF Wrestlemania 1989 video game that's cute uh, let's see <laughs> Scott Siegel the actor who played the steroids dealer in the film the big muscular guy mm-hmm. was arrested a few months later after the film's release for steroids possession and assaulting federal officers aww um, he was the same guy, I think, that went to the dollar store with him, right? No, I don't know somebody different. Oh, they look yeah. very similar. The scene where a fan hands the Ram a prosthetic leg and the Ram then <laughs> hits his opponent with it is based on an actual event from an ECW show where a fan repeatedly yelled, Use my leg! Use and eventually tossed the prosthetic leg to Tommy Dreamer, who in turn used it on his opponent. That's amazing. That was a great scene. A uh, couple of things. Um, so there's two very popular wrestlers who commented on this film. One of them being uh, Roddy Piper, who said he wept and broke down after the screening wow. because it depicted to him what it really is to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. On the other side, Bret Hart saw the movie and liked it very much, but said that he thought that that does not depict a real wrestler's life and that, you know, looking at his own life, he said, I was training every single day. I was getting in shape every day. It wasn't dark and gloom every day, but maybe some wrestlers' lives are I was like that. Say, not everybody. It probably spoke to a very large number yeah, of wrestlers. Right. I mean, also like the Ram became a lot less successful as his years went on. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart's always been like a pretty successful wrestler, so yeah. maybe that's the depiction. And again, that scene where the Ram is like signing autographs and he's looking around and the guy's in a wheelchair. One guy doesn't have a leg, and they're just sitting there with VHS tapes, and there's nobody there. Yeah. That is the story of a lot of wrestlers trying yeah. to make money. You know, trying to get back to the heyday. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we're watching those, uh, what is it, Beyond, Beyond the Ring or Beyond the Mat? Beyond the Mat. Uh, there's so many wrestlers that we've watched about that have like huge followings that I've never even heard before. Oh, we're talking about. I'm sorry, Beyond the Mat's the movie. You're talking about um, the Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, sorry, Dark Side yeah, of the Ring. Yeah, yeah, that's an excellent show. If anyone's not a wrestling fan who hasn't heard of it, the uh, Dark Side of the Ring shows you a lot of really sad and depressing and graphic stories about wrestling. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, and, and how All sad it can stories, be. stories, but really just so yeah. terribly sad. <clears throat> Excuse me, Mickey Rourke was friends with Bruce Springsteen and asked him to write a song for the film, sending Springsteen a long letter and a copy of the script in an attempt to convince him. A month later, Rourke and Darinovsky attended a Springsteen concert at Giant Stadium where Bruce played the song for them backstage. Springsteen let them use the song for free. And that's in the credits. That's really cool. It's a very uh, Bob Dylan-esque type song, but I actually like that a lot. Can, does, does that occasionally. Yeah. A lot of <laughs> A lot of people do, do that, yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, while Cassidy and Randy are at the bar <laughs> singing along to Round and Round by Rat, mm-hmm. they symbolically stop singing right before the line, Our love will find a way, just give it time. It's hard to catch because who the fuck listens to Rat? Um, round and Round. Sorry for you 80s music fans. I, I didn't mean to step on your toes, but, you know, But that's a, that's a really that's a really cool uh, thing to notice, though, if you are a fan of that music. I know. I'm totally, I'm totally just being an asshole. I'm just joking around. Um, 
Let's take a look here. Yep, I, I mentioned the, the the Stephanie making amends. Mm-hmm. Um, Randy's cocaine snorting was fake. That was uh, vitamin B. Mickey Rourke still had a weird effect from it and actually freaked out after he snorted I, it. I, I, that that always terrifies me in movies yeah. when people are just. Uh, I remember a friend of mine making a small like short film and like the character in the film like it's supposed to OD yep. and they're taking a bunch of like I think like vitamin B pills, but like. No matter what you're taking, that's going to give you some kind of effect, even if it's like just like sugar tablets or something. Yeah. Like, that's terrifying. You're going to just snort this <coughs> thing? Yep. Like, aren't we in the CGI phase where you can just green screen some coke? Right. When Randy the Ram gives his speech prior to the match that closes the movie, the audience is in love with their hero and gives him a huge standing ovation. Mm-hmm. The reality was that when they first attempted to film the scene, the Ring of Honor audience began catcalling the monologue. It wasn't until Darren Aronofsky addressed the audience and explained how important the scene was, they got on board and giving themselves a, we fucked up, we <laughs> fucked up, chant before setting into the rabid Ram love fest scene in the final You've got to love film. wrestling fans. Yeah, that that's that just made my day. Yeah. Uh, if, if you know, you know. Yeah. All I gotta say. Um, this is really interesting. When Cassidy... <coughs> sorry again. When Cassidy leaves the strip club, another dancer calls out that she's left her shoes. Leaving their boots in the ring is a traditional way for a wrestler to call it quits. Oh. So that's kind of interesting. She left her shoes there. It's kind of like she's done. That's a cool... I, yeah. never, I never caught that. Yep. Um, uh, at the hardcore match, Randy gets thrown through a piece of glass with barbed wire on it. This was, in fact, real glass, albite rigged with little explosives, uh, which would cause it to break slightly ahead on impact. However, a shard of glass got stuck in the back of Mickey Rourke's stunt double, making him bleed significantly. Jeez. Um, and then the last bit uh, is during the director's AMA on Reddit, Darren Aronofsky revealed the fate of the Ram. He does, in fact, die at the end of the film. Oh, so, so like at the end of the match? He dies when he lands, yeah. Oh, my God. That's... I, I mean, I don't know I don't specifically if, if that's what he says, but he does die I don't because know. of that. That's sad. It is very, very sad. But that is my miscellaneous for the wrestler. I really just put a damper on the end of this. I mean, you kind of know that he I dies. know, but it's just so final. It is final, and it is sad, but it makes the most sense. It's like... I mean, I guess if you're gonna, you know, if, if, if that's, like, your life, then I guess that if that's the way you want to go. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone out there, I guess. Right. Sad. All right. <clears throat> I'm sorry so much for the coughing. I promise next week I won't be coughing as much. You um, can't promise that shit. Um, hopefully. Let's take a look at the 2008 Oscars. We just did this recently because all these things look familiar to Mystic me. Mystic River? Is that no, it was something else that we did. When did Mystic River come out? 2003. Oh. But I remember, I remember all of these. I thought we did this recently. Anyways, Best Picture was won by Slumdog Millionaire. Nominees were The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Frost Nixon, Milk, and The Reader. I think The Wrestler absolutely needs to be in here. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm actually kind of shocked it's not. Uh, who would we take out? I, I haven't seen Slumdog Millionaire. I haven't seen it either, but I've heard I like, good things. I like Milk. I keep Milk in there. Mm-hmm. I like the I like Benjamin Button. I thought it was a good movie. I have not seen Frost Nixon, and I have not seen The Reader. Let's get rid of The Reader. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Best Director, won by Danny Boyle of Slumdog Millionaire. Other directors who were nominated were David Fincher for Benjamin Button, Ron Howard for Frost Nixon, Gus Van Zant for Milk, and Stephen Daldry for The Reader. Stephen Daldry, I'm sorry, but Darren Aronofsky's taking your spot. You mm-hmm. fucking peasant. <laughs> Best Actor, 
won by Sean Penn and Milk. That was a good one. Nominations, Rick, Richard Jenkins for The Visitor. I like Richard Vet, Jenkins. Frank Langella for Frost Nixon. Brad Pitt and Benjamin Button. And Mickey Rourke for The Wrestler. Oh, good. Mickey Rourke. I like Sean Penn and Milk, but... <sighs> Benjamin Button is a good one. <laughs> but I got to go with Rourke here. I think Sean Penn's excellent. I think he's excellent. But this is this is Mickey Rourke's moment. Yeah. This is his moment. I think so too. Uh, I got I got to choose Rourke over over Penn just by by. We, co- we haven't seen the whale yet, but the fact that uh, our guy's already getting some awards is just like that, that's how I feel that Mickey Rourke should have gotten his award too. Yeah, best actress. I don't think that Marissa Tomei. Uh, would have gotten nominated for a role like this. It's good. It's good. I don't think she has enough scenes. Yeah, to, I don't think so either. I think yeah. that she does a serviceable job. But Agreed. just for the hell of it, Kate Winslet wins for The Reader. Uh, nominations were Anne Hathaway for Rachel Getting Married, Angelina Jolie for Changeling, Melissa Leo for Frozen River, and Meryl Streep for Doubt. How many fucking nominations does Meryl Streep have? Angelina <laughs> Jolie and Changeling, though. That was, a, that was a great movie, and that was a good role for her. Uh, there's no best supporting actors here, but, you know, just to go through it... Um, Best Supporting Actor was won by Heath Ledger for The Joker for The Dark Knight. Uh, nominations were Josh Brolin for Milk, Robert Downey Jr. for Tropic Thunder. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman for Doubt. No, honey, that's Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> Look at you on a big boat. <laughs> Michael Shannon for Revolutionary Road. Um, no Best Supporting Actress here for the movie. I stand corrected, though. Best Supporting Actress won by Penelope Cruz and Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Nominees, nom- nominees were Amy Adams in Doubt, Viola Davis in Doubt, Tahari Henson in Doubt, no, I'm just kidding, Benjamin mm-hmm. Button, Marissa Tomei in The Wrestler. She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Wow. Great for her. I don't think she needs to win, but I, I great for her. That's really good that she got the nomination, though. Best Screenplay, Adapted Screenplay. I don't see The Wrestler in either one of those categories. Um, I would be shocked if Bruce Springsteen didn't get a nomination for its song. So let me just check and see... Uh, yeah, I guess he didn't get an original song. That's okay. It happens. Uh, so let's see. Best sound mixing. Let's see if we get any other nominations here. Let's see. Just looking at it. Just look at it? Just looking at it. Hellboy 2. I forgot that was even a movie. Uh, yep, nothing else. Interestingly enough, Iron Man came out the same year. Oh. 2008. So that was the Oscars. Um, what are we eating with this movie? Potato salad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but do you want a little bit? Oh, oh a lot. A lot. What do, you, what, do you, what do you want? A little less. I like how you just eventually just eat some. That, that was a good moment. He's just so frustrated. He's like, fuck <laughs> this bitch. I'm taking a bite. Seriously, even like me when I go and to a And she was just like, it's perfect. Fine. When I go to a deli and they're like, they, they give me like a little over, a little... Like when they give me a little over, if I get a pound of cheese or whatever, like, they give me a little over. Like, is that okay? And I'm like, I'm going to eat it. Put it on there. Like, it's fine. Like, whatever. I know. I find that annoying when they I get people who are on a budget and stuff, but it's like, come on. Like, don't... It's just an extra slice of cheese. Too many fucking people they have to wait on. Like, give them a, give them a, give them a break. Like, right. take the extra couple slices. You know, whoever's listening to this, and you and you don't take the extra slices, you just make it everybody pissed off, including me. <laughs> you know? I'm not saying I'm, like, the end-all, be-all at deli counters, but I do my job. I'm very polite. I say thank you. I say please. You know? Are you one of those people that when they when they do the slice, they're like, "How how's the thin thick?" Or oh, thinness? I'm like, whatever you held up just now, I don't care what it looks like. Keep doing what you're doing, buddy. You just keep doing what you're doing. 
And then honey. don't you love it when they give you like the the little kid's slice? They're like, here you go. Honey. I'm like, I'm sorry, I touched this carriage all day. <laughs> I'm not taking a slice of cheese from your hand unless you want to fucking feed it to me with your glove. <laughs> You've you got any pickles glove. back there? You got mustard? Let's have a sandwich right now. Come on, look at all these rolls. Let's go. Oh, all right. <laughs> GM, I'm putting 30 seconds on the clock. Okay. Tell me why The Wrestler is the greatest movie of all time. Sure. Three, two, one. Ah! Uh, this is a beautifully written film about, you know, the real truth of professional wrestlers. You know, the sad real truth behind, you know, drug addiction from injuries. How uh, the, the thing they love so much can also be the thing that gives them so much loss and pain. Um, and how for some, the only time they feel truly alive is, you know, wrestling, uh, you know. And you'll love this film whether you're a fan or not a fan of wrestling. I'm not gonna get sued for that because it's my fucking music. <laughs> All right. Did I do it? I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I'm Thank sure the wrestler is a great movie. Um, wow. What's the lesson we learn from the wrestler? Um. What's the wrestler we learn from the lesson? <laughs> What I basically wrote was, you know, the things you love the most in the world can also be the thing that causes you the most pain. That's one, uh, of, one of the... <coughs> I agree with you. Themes. And I, I think... Yeah, I think that somehow, like, your dream shouldn't also smother everything else in your life. Yeah. I, I guess is sort of where I'm coming from. But masterful movie. Mm-hmm. Masterful movie. A plus of film. A plus. Great, great, great fucking movie. I'm surprised it took us this long to do this movie when I had Rick and Chris I know you know I'm um, surprised that they weren't even part of this episode yeah I don't like them very much (laughs) Rick Chris if you're listening right now I have beefs with both of you and when I mean when I mean beef I want to have a three way I want to have a beef dinner with both of you I think we have a beef three way with them beef oh that's a good idea I thought you meant that sexually but you meant it as like North Shore beef with I did with sauce cheese and and mayo and mayo Mm -hmm. yeah beef with beef with sauce I have a beef three way I'm gonna be honest with you I I like a roast beef three way lately I think it's a little bit too much for me I'm I'm not gonna lie to you lately I'm just a beef and sauce guy what do you think I think it's because you had to take those pills for a while and you couldn't have dairy but I think you're a chump and you should enjoy a three way (laughs) but I think you're a chump (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Poole was right You were an ox And, and a moron Alright Doc I wish you hadn't have said that <laughs> Alright Leave Kanye alone He does okay <laughs> Next week G The G-ster herself Next week we're gonna do A, a League of, of Their, their own. own Starring Gina Davis And Madonna Don't, don't you start with me kid. Don't start <laughs> Gia once did that impression Out of the blue And it made me laugh so hard I almost fell out of my pants <laughs> his pants that's right i almost did an impression of rosie od so good <laughs> rosie od <laughs> rosie o'donnell has this thing. We're gonna, i mean we're doing rosie we're doing this next week we're doing rosie next we're week. doing rosie o'donnell next week <laughs> she has this thing where in the movie she says something and she laughs immediately did you hear what i said I said, <laughs> she just laughs immediately steak dinner <laughs> oh, steak dinner on you dad great yeah. <laughs> so long charlie <laughs> I'll save all of you for We're next gonna have year. a lot of fun next week talking about a league of their own. I'm gonna stop. All right. Uh, so that <laughs> was the wrestler. Thanks to everybody who's been uh, listening week after 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 week. Oh, shut up. 
Yes, thank you all. After week. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so um, League of Their Own next week. November is coming to a close soon. We know December is Christmas month. The first week of December, I've decided to not do a Christmas movie, but the rest of them will be Christmas movies. Are they all decided? Uh, I have a list. We can go through them I'm later. I'm doing mine. Which one's yours? What's my favorite movie of all time, bitch? That's not a Christmas movie. Um. Okay, but it's like a New Year's movie. All right, we can not do that. Not that it has anything to do with New Year's, but they play it on New Year's. All right, well, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I want it. Um, but yep, we promised that uh, on the album podcast we'll be doing Revolver by the Beatles soon. My notes are done. We just have to sit down and record it, which mm-hmm. we will soon. Hopefully this cough goes away in the next couple of days. Hopefully. Um, it's driving me fucking crazy. That song you heard earlier was Psychotherapy by the Cosmic Vultures. Check, Check it, it out. out. It's our new single. It's doing very well right now in the Billboard charts. It's uh, currently number seven. Uh, I wish. <laughs> and uh, again, thanks for listening. Check we out will... the music video too. I'm in it. I'm the chubby one. I'm the chubby one. <laughs> We're the chubby ones. <laughs> Both of us. <laughs> this guy. This guy. No, seriously. Uh, thanks for listening. That was The Wrestler. We'll be back next week with The League of Their Own. I have been the greatest deck Bosky. And I have been his wife, the Jester. And for some Yee-haw! reason, for some reason, I've been the Jester. The Jester. All right, we'll catch you, we'll catch you next week. Catch you on the flip-flop. Keep on wrestling, flip-flop. Bye. Come find me and kiss me square in the lips. Whatever tickles your pickle. <laughs> <laughs>